So hey guys, it's Josh. Welcome back to Accelerated Investor. In this uh, interview today, I am spending some more time with Adam Adams, also known as AAA. If you caught our interview we released a few days ago, this is part two. Adam owns over 1,400 units of apartments. He is a general partner in over seven syndications, as well as a passive investor in deals. He hosts an event called the Raising Money Summit and has over 1,000 attendees. In this second part of the interview, I think you're really going to enjoy it. I asked Adam specific questions about uh, how he got started in real estate with tax deeds and even a property that he lost to foreclosure. You'll also hear about Adam's advice that he would give his younger former self uh, and some personal hacks that he gives away uh, for being a more involved father uh, and for being having better health and how that's allowed him to be a bigger, better entrepreneur. So I hope you enjoy part number two of my interview with Adam Adams. Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. Josh Cantwell. If you love entrepreneurship and investing in real estate, then you are in the right place. Josh is the CEO of Freeland Ventures Real Estate Private Equity and has personally invested in well over 500 properties all across the country. He's also made hundreds of private lender loans and owns over 1,000 units of apartments. Josh is an expert at raising private money for deals, and he prides himself on never having had a boss in his entire adult life. Josh and his team also mentor investors and entrepreneurs from all over the world. He doesn't dream about doing deals. He actually does them, and so do his listeners and students. Now, sit back, listen, listen learn, learn, and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing with the Accelerated Investor Podcast. Um, so Adam, with all your success and following, uh, you know, everybody starts somewhere, you know, you got to kind of back up. And so I'm interested to hear like what your kind of background background is, um, okay. you know, education wise or jobs before real estate. And then those, that first kind of year of transition of your first deal or jumping in full time, do you have like the, I hate my job story and able to, to, to jump into real estate or a lot of people have a great job and then they tinker with real estate on the side. And what was that first, you know, kind of transition like for you that first year? So the first year was 2005. Um, for me, I grew up in a family who Can't did this real first estate. Time meeting. That was the same time <laughs> I got started 15 years later. Oh No, I was, I was small fry back then. Yeah. I was small fry. My, my, my stepdad, um, the guy who I called dad cause he raised me and what amazing guy. Um, we, we started, my mom started dating him when I was five years old. They got married when I was eight and, um, they actually knew each other in elementary, junior high and high school. Wow. And my mom had a crush on him forever. And I can see why he's a great guy and also very handsome. I wish I had his genes, <laughs> but the point is that that he was a real estate investor. He was an entrepreneur. Mm. He, he owned land. He owned multifamily. Uh, eventually, while, uh, while we were growing up, he bought a self-storage unit. When I turned 16, I used to snowplow the self-storage unit with a little four-wheeler, nice. um, a little tiny ATV. 
I grew up in a, in a family that that was kind of a normal thing to do. And I remember my stepdad used to say, Adam, you've got to save 10%. You've got to invest 10%. You've got to give away 10%. And I was like, dad, you're giving me a dollar an hour. Like, what am I going to do when I, after I do all those things, buy a hamburger, buy a hot dog, buy a a candy bar. And um, so I remember just thinking my dad, like he obviously knows what he's doing, but I'll do that eventually. Like when I'm old and boring, like he is. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, he bought me a a piece of land and he bought it when I was in college because I just, I hadn't listened to him yet. Like what was I going to do in high school anyways, dad? But he, but he bought me a piece of land and then his, his CPA said, you can't give that to your son. He has to buy it. And so my dad Indian gave that thing and said, you're going to have to pay at least a hundred bucks for it. And I'm like, dad, I'm in college. What, how am I supposed to pay for this? I, I can't get a hundred bucks. That's like a whole day's salary at my yeah. bartending job. Right. So anyway, um, I ended up, I ended up going ahead and, and finding a way to pay him. And I finally owned a piece of, 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 of America. And I thought it was kind of cool. I owned a little cabin lot out in uh, three hours away in the middle of nowhere, Utah. And I, I remember just thinking it was kind of cool until I got the tax bill. And then um, I, I was like, dad, do I have to pay this? He goes, of course. Like, are you an idiot? Like you, you got to pay your taxes. We're real estate taxes, like, dad. I, but I didn't do anything with it. I haven't even seen it this whole year. And my dad's like, you got to pay them. So I, I paid the real estate tax taxes and then someone offered me money for it. So this is what really got me into real estate. 2007, I sold that thing for a 12,000% return on my money. And I remember just being like, holy cow, this amount of money is more than I've ever made in a year bartending. And, uh, and I'm like, I think I just got to do real estate. So I was going to school as a music educator. I I play the tuba and some other instruments. I write music. And I thought all I want to do is teach, but I made more money on that transaction than I was going to make my first year of teaching. And I just thought to myself, huh, I don't think I'm going to be a teacher. So I I finally read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad in 2007. Mm. I learned that Robert Kiyosaki didn't uh, do single family. Most people have no idea. They assume he says real estate they imagine it's single family, but he right. was doing multifamily. He was doing syndications. He was investing in his money in, in uh, what's his name? Um, Mc, 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 I don't remember his name right now, but he, he's a famous guy. He owns Malkaroy, Kenny Malkaroy. Okay, anyway, yeah. he invested with him and made a bunch of money. And I was like, I'm doing that. So how do I do that? So what I decided in 2007 as I, I needed to learn how to do property management. So I managed three properties, 23 total doors, an 18 plex, four plex, and a condo for this one guy named Reed Quinn. And then in 2008, I bought my first property that I already told you earlier, I ended up losing in 2011 because there was aftermath from the 2008 crash. Right. Um, in 2015, I started doing tax deeds and um, we, we started doing awesome. 2016, I bought a bunch of rentals and 2017, I started syndicating. So, that's kind of my journey. Nice. And during that time, what do you think has been the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome? You know, maybe losing that building in 2011, maybe it's your first syndication, maybe it's believing that you're worthy of having a following, right? That sometimes fight yeah, that. True. I think a lot of people who have a leadership role or take a, a step up to becoming more of a mentor, 
and you had a certain amount of success, there's just that doubt that creeps in at the beginning when you're like, are people really going to listen to me? And am I worthy of being listened to? So that was something that I fought long ago. Uh, so how about you? What do you think your, your biggest challenge on this journey of yours? The biggest challenge was getting my mind around all that it takes to raise millions of dollars from other people. My, my biggest challenge was the doubt that I had you know, did, did, we, did, did, did we do enough education? Did we spend enough time researching? Did, do we have the right people on our team? Like, it's like, this is a big thing, taking all this money in. And I remember before, before raising millions of dollars, I remember thinking like that, who's going to put their money with me? Who's, and, and if they do, am I going to be able to save and protect it? So it was, it was just a mindset game all around having other people's money in my deals. And I think that a lot of people listening will probably resonate with that too. Yeah. Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. How do you think you overcame it? Was it the numbers? Was it the, the, you know, looking at deals where job growth was 2% or population growth was 1%? Did the numbers give you confidence or was it the deal? Somebody smacked you upside the head and said, you could do yeah. this. What was, what, 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 what you know, that was the challenge, but how do you think you got through it? There's, a, there's probably three major things that helped. The first one was my team. The first one was just making sure that I had people on my team that were all smarter than me. Um, and so other people that can underwrite, somebody who, who, who it has an engineering degree, loves numbers, loves playing the role of devil's advocate. Like you say, Adam, you say this is a great deal. Look at this and this and this and this. Yeah. I can point out all of the bad things. So that was really helpful for me. Are you jerk, I didn't want to know that. If, yeah, but if I could get something to pass this engineer, um, then, then I knew it was good. So, that was the first major thing. The next major thing was something that not everybody who's listening can do, unfortunately. And even the ones that can might just feel like they shouldn't. They might just feel like uh, they listened to a Bigger Pockets podcast and it said you shouldn't do this. Um, but I, I, I will say for sure it was us having a mentor. Now, I'm not even saying that we're paying for education because I can get a book for 20 bucks anywhere. I can listen to podcasts about multifamily anywhere. It's not about paying for education. It's more about paying for that person to hold your hand who's been there, who's done that, who's seen the problems. And when they are on your team or coaching you, mentoring you, they can kind of show you the ropes of, of what you may have missed. A book can't do that. So I would say the next big thing is hiring a mentor. And it was a big deal for me because I had just spent $40,000 on a mentor for that I didn't have, $40,000 that I didn't have on a mentor for doing um, 
for doing tax deeds. And now I'm, I'm in this thing where I'm like, I'm going to syndicate. And we hired somebody else for another $40,000. Now, yeah. I'm not saying it's going to be 40 for your listener. It might be 10 or 15 or 20 or 25 or 150. I've, I've seen that at 152. But right. regardless, you got to pay for somebody who can really be there on your side. That mentor was something that not only helped us be safe, but it helped us feel confident when we were putting past investor money into a deal. So those are two major ones I think we should mention. Fantastic. And now that you've been through this journey, you know, and you're to the point where, which I don't know if our listeners will catch this. I want to point this out where you're like, we talked about you're observing COVID basically pencils down. We're not going to buy any deals. We're working on this raising money summit, thousand people coming but it doesn't seem like you're feeling a lot of pressure to do a deal right now because you have <laughs> cash flow coming in from your assets. And I think that's the thing that's happening actually behind the scenes that many people are maybe not grasping is that seeds that you planted, the trees that you've grown, the apartments that you bought, syndications you've done have allowed you now to not feel pressure. I got to flip my next property. I got to flip my next house. I got to buy something. I need an acquisition fee to pay the bills. Yeah. Right. That to me is maybe the biggest takeaway that I'm getting from this interview with you is your capacity to be able to say, no, I'm good with pencils down. I have the cash flow. You're certainly still growing. That's what you want to do. You're young. You want to grow for a long time, but you've earned yourself the right to basically take a breath and say, hey, it's proper now to just have pencils down. Let's kind of see what happens. And so along that journey, um, if you were to you know, go back and talk to that, 2005 self or the 2011 self, what are a couple pieces of advice you would give to yourself and our audience about your journey that's really resonated with you, things that you maybe would do differently? 2005, if I could have said anything to myself at that time, it's what I learned in 2007. And that was that my piece of land wasn't technically an asset. It didn't pay me. I all of a sudden I got a, a tax bill and I'm like, WTF, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't have, I didn't have enough money to pay for the property. Now I had to pay taxes. Like when, anyway, I don't um, they're going to take it from me. <laughs> this land really is this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and you know what the answer of that is, right? Real estate means royal estate. It doesn't mean tangible estate. It means royal estate, which basically means that it comes from this, this history of that the government owns the property. You pay rent to the government, which mm-hmm. AKA is property taxes because nothing technically is, uh, is ours. They can take it no matter what. You don't pay your taxes, they own it. Automatic, right. free and clear. They don't have to do anything. And by the way, they don't have a mortgage anymore because the, the, they're, it's the royal estate. But regardless, um, I would have told my 2005 self, Adam, you need to start getting cash flow as soon as possible. It's, it's nice. more about cash flow than it is about just placing your money somewhere, right? And then the, in the 2011 self, what I would have probably said is don't put your tail between your legs for four years. Mm. Like, I get it. This hurt. It was embarrassing. You'll never want to tell anybody that you lost this property, but like the last thing that you needed, I told myself, hey, I have kids now and I got to be responsible. I can't ever have let that happen to me again. If I could just go to my 2011 self when I lost that first 
uh, multifamily. If I could just go back in time, I watched Back in the Future recently. Yeah. If I could just go back in time and give myself that like almanac that, yeah, I would just be like, <laughs> dude, just get right back on the horse. Like there is no reason to take any type of uh, time away from this. The only, when you fall, you fall forward, Adam. I wish I could have said that. Nice. In my newest real estate investing book, The Flip System, you'll learn the proven secrets and strategies that I've used to be a successful real estate investor. You'll also hear the story of my journey from quitting my job to doing over 2,000 units of apartments. The Flip System is now available for a limited time, and you can grab your free copy at getflipsystem.com slash podcast. You'll learn the same proven principles and secrets and investing strategies that I used to quit my job and pursue a life of financial freedom. In this book, I'm sharing exactly how I was able to personally close over 750 profitable real estate deals, make over 400 private lender loans, raise over $30 million, and acquire over 2,000 units of cash-flowing apartments. Get my newest book now for free at getflipsystem.com slash podcast. That's getflipsystem.com slash podcast. I said, Adam, listen, you, you've had a lot of success. You have a team, joint venture partners, you know, a bunch of buildings, done a lot of things right. It takes a lot on a day-to-day basis to be sort of an elite entrepreneur, an elite performer. And I'm not talking about really what you do with work. What I'm talking about is what you do outside of work that allows you to be a great entrepreneur, have a balanced life, be a great father, be a good partner or a spouse to someone. Um, So what are some things that you do, maybe the way you manage your time, some kind of personal hacks, maybe what you eat that allows you to feel energy and clarity and focus and, and be able to be a high performer, both in your personal life and your business life. Yeah, good. I I wish there was just one. I wish that it was just so easy to to sum it up to one. Uh, maybe the easiest way to um, add value to the listener right now is to say that during the period that I looked at work as being my main thing, income was my main thing, um, growing my business or my influence was the main thing I cared about. When I did that. I got fat and I got angry at my kids. I remember Mm. resenting the kids being like, man, if I just didn't have kids, I could be so much more successful or, (laughs) you know, and so when you put at the top of your pedestal money, it kind of hurt me. And so I, I changed that only, only about two years ago, only about two years ago where I finally said, you know what? All I care about is a strong relationship with my family. And the secondary thing is my health. If I got those, I have a great life. And then I tried to fill in the work around it. And what I found that I did is I built a better team. I became a better boss. I became a better dad, a better partner, a better, uh, more healthy. Uh, I lost 30 pounds. And so it was like once... I understood that my family and my health were the top most important things. I was able to put everything else into perspective. 
drink less alcohol at night. I remember I used to have like six beers, which to some that's nothing. And to others, yeah. you're like, six beers? Are you kidding me? But it was like water. I was home. I definitely was drinking more. Yeah. And then to that point, like my wife and I went to Florida for a month in the whole month of June, we were gone, came back. And I really have drank almost nothing for the last three weeks or four weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? This just isn't me. This isn't really how I operate. Like we had so much downtime because of COVID and like didn't have to really get up very early the next day. Kids were home. We were all home. Nobody's going anywhere. Um, and yeah, it just didn't feel like me, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I guess I'm just agreeing with you that that part of my life has a place. It's fun. You know, yeah. great friends that like to party, but to be doing like even a couple beers at night, I wake up the next day. I just don't, I don't feel as sharp. I don't feel as focused. Mm-hmm. And it, it's honestly, it's the choice of when I reach in the fridge, am I reaching for like a water or a vitamin water or a green shake? Am I reaching <laughs> for a Miller Lite? Yep. And that will determine part of how my next day goes. Probably very similar for you. So I read the book um, um, Compound Effect, which yeah. really started this um, for me. I was reading the book Compound Effect about two years ago, and I was in this mastermind. And just to paint the picture, Adam, before I was working about 15 hours per day, uh, probably six days a week. And then the, wow. the seventh day, I, I was just getting out with my kids. Now, I, it was very, it was still important. I got to, I got to play with them. I got to do something fun, go, go to the amusement park, whatever. But it was like six days a week, working probably 75 hours a week or so. And, um, and it, it was like, by the time I got done, I put the kids to bed and then I would just, I'd crack open a beer, have the second, have the third. And that was just like, I needed that release. Cause like today was so hard. And, but then you wake up, you don't feel like you don't feel happy or healthy. You don't go and exercise. You just, you just get up, get the kids out to school and you just run to, to the office all day again. And, and yeah. that was just a, a horrible cycle for me. And then when I, when I finally changed that, it became like, it was all about family and then health. And then I just kind of, even though I still work a lot, maybe I'm working 10 hour days or six hour days. I still work a lot more than some of the people listening want to end up working. But I yeah. think that it's good to, to say, if you really want to grow, you, you got to put in the work, right? But, but um, I feel happy, healthy, energetic. I'm kind to my kids nine out of 10 times instead of one out of 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that's really important. And um, so one of the big things that I did is I started practicing gratitude in the morning and at night and any time I was stressed. In the morning, I did it. I still do. Um, at night, I did it. And then any time that I just felt super overwhelmed, instead of saying, man, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, and you're just like stressing yourself out more, um, giving yourself hives or whatever, uh, what I did instead is I, I just took a step back and said, look, I, I have this, I have this, I have that this is going right, this is going right. And that allowed me to see the positive and to understand that like, if I don't become, if I don't make a million dollars overnight, it'll be okay. Cause okay. I, I have an amazing family and my health all intact and I got 20 years to go. So um, I think that was a big, a big part of it is just tweaking my mindset and adding in um, gratitude. Yeah. Fantastic. Adam, love it. Uh, listen, for my audience, uh, I absolutely will uh, push all of you to connect with Adam, uh, check out his events, check out his business. 
uh, realbluespruce.com, also realbluespruce.com slash podcast. Uh, Adam was gracious to uh, interview me about two months ago. Um, and we just, you know, just kind of growing this new relationship with Adam is really exciting. And I love your content on social media. Connect with Adam on Facebook. Adam, any other kind of parting shots, words of advice, or places that people can connect with you? Yeah, there, there is. In fact, I was talking to my business partner this morning and I said, I let him know that I was going to come on your show. And he goes, hey, let's give him a discount. So the Raising Money Summit, yeah. if uh, the Raising Money Summit is typically 400 bucks for a virtual ticket or um, I think it's uh, double that for a VIP. Um, but we've done something incredibly special. So if they text, the, uh, if they text AI to, um, oh my gosh, one second. I need to find my notepad again. I think it's, oh my goodness. Why would I do this right on, on the spot? To 55444, double five, triple four. Um, AI they get a massive discount only because they follow your podcast. Fantastic. Adam, listen, it's been an absolute blast having you on the Accelerated Investor Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So, hey, I hope you really enjoyed that interview with Adam Adams. Uh, I had a blast interviewing him. Uh, He and I started around the same time, 2005, and have done a a lot of amazing things. Got a huge audience. Um, so if you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. Leave us five stars if you could and a rating or a question. Uh, appreciate that. Don't forget about our free t-shirt contest. If you leave us a rating and a review, uh, and let us know, take a screenshot of that rating and review, send it to our customer service department. Um, we'll put the link inside the description and, uh, send that to us, post that on Facebook, post it on Instagram, post it on LinkedIn. Uh, And so we can see it and we will send you out a free accelerated investor t-shirt and some additional uh, goodies from my office as a way to say thank you. Also, don't forget to join our free Facebook group uh, on Facebook. It's called, as you would guess, Accelerated Investor. It's absolutely free. I answer questions in there on an almost daily basis. We do Facebook lives inside of that group. It's a very engaged community and it's absolutely free. Don't forget to check it out on Facebook, Accelerated Investor. Join the group for free today. Hey, Josh here. And do you want to win a free Accelerated Investor t-shirt? All you have to do is give Accelerated Investor, our podcast, Accelerated Investor, a rating and a review on iTunes. Okay? Do that now. Then send us a screenshot on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. What we're going to do then is every week we're going to pick our favorite rating and review and we're going to send that person a free t-shirt and maybe again some other cool fun stuff as well from Accelerated Investors. So again, don't forget to take a screenshot, leave a rating, review, take a screenshot, send it to us so we know exactly who you are and then once a week, every week on the podcast, we will announce a new winner. Don't forget to take a screenshot and send it to us so we know exactly who you are. We'll announce a new winner every week. You've been listening to Josh Cantwell and the Accelerated Investor Podcast. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next or who you'd like Josh to interview. While you're there, give us a five-star rating 
and make sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Follow Josh Cantwell and his companies, Strategic Real Estate Coach and Freeland Ventures on all social media platforms now and stay up to date on new training and investment opportunities. To start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of, apply for coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com.